Um, now, we've got the kids in this morning. I'm so pleased you're here this morning. Now, usually at Children's Church, so it's not lovely to have the children here with us this morning. So I just want to put a... Oh, yeah, there they are. What do you think these kids are doing? They actually think they've got superpower. <laughs> True. And they climbed up on here, and the cape is hopefully to make them fly, the towel. And the, the sheet, I think, was, well, they had tried the towel, and it didn't work, so they got the parachute as well to see if they could fly. Now, thankfully, at the bottom, you can't see it, is a big sand pit. So they're jumping. They actually got right up there and then jumped. It actually is Peter and Stephen. Do you know which is which? Which, who do you reckon this one is, kids? Peter, who do you think that one is? Stephen, yeah, yeah, they know them. So, yeah, so that's what they were doing. You know, I think in every one of us there's a desire to have superpower, isn't there, if we're honest? Did you as a kid want to have superpower and want to be able to do certain things? You'd even dream about flying, I used to. I used to have dreams where I was flying everywhere. But it never happened in real life, but... But what I wanted to tell you about this morning was my nephew. Is anyone here eight years old? Hands up. Yeah, we've got Matthias is eight. Okay, so you'll understand what it's like for this boy. It was my nephew. So he's eight years old. And he became so, so sick about a year ago. So, so... No, it wasn't a year ago because he's about 14 now. So a few years ago. (laughs) That's all right. Um, So he became so, so sick that he couldn't go to school. Now you might think, "Mm, that might be fun not to go to school. But it isn't fun when you can't go to school for months and months and months. You can't have any friends over because you're so sick. You're inside all the time because you're so sick. It gets very lonely, very boring, and just very, very sad for him. And they it took him to the hospital and the doctors, but they couldn't fix him. They couldn't fix the problem. All they could do was give him some medicine that made him really sleepy. It didn't stop the problem, and he still had the problem. Well, the interesting thing was that about six months before this happened, I visited, we visited him in where he lived, and he was sitting on the floor in the lounge playing with his action figures. I think we're going to, yeah, yeah. So he had 20 of them, the little action figures. They were all about this big, and they all had superpowers. So I sat on the ground with him, and I asked him what each one did. You know, what were, what were they, their names, and what powers they had? And so he sat there for 20 minutes and told me every single one. And then I said to him, would you be interested in me telling you about someone who lived 2,000 years ago who had superpowers? And his eyes lit up and he said, yeah, yeah, who was that? So I started to tell him about Jesus because he'd never heard about Jesus. So I told him how that Jesus had the power to heal people. He healed people whose ears wouldn't work and they could hear. He, he healed people whose eyes didn't work and they could see. People whose legs didn't work and they could walk. And then I shared about how he could walk on water, and his eyes are getting bigger and bigger, all these superpowers that Jesus had. He could walk on water, he could speak to the winds when there was a storm and say, be still, and the storm stopped. And he could 
Also take five loaves of bread and two fish and feed over 5,000 people. And it's like he was sitting there just fascinated by what I was telling him. And I just gently said to him, you know, this Jesus is true. I know this Jesus is real because I know him. And he was listening to everything I said. Anyway, going back to the story where at the beginning where I said he got really, really sick. So it was six months before I told him all about Jesus. So when he got really, really sick, I went down and visited him with Uncle Don. And we were down visiting him. And so I asked his parents, I said, could I tell him, uh, pray with him and ask, uh, for healing? And they said, yes, go and ask him and see if he would like it. So we did. I went to him and I said, could we pray for you for healing? Uh, could we ask Jesus to heal you? And he said, yes. So Don, Don and I just very, very simply prayed for him. And then we came back home. Well, it was two months later, I went back to their place, and we were sitting at the dinner table, and he was totally well. And I said to him, what happened? You know, And he said, I'm back at school, I'm better, I'm off all the pills, I don't have to take pills anymore, I can play with my friends, I'm totally better. And I said, oh, what happened? How did you get better? And he said, well, the... The specialist doctor at the hospital, she said to me she couldn't fix me and she can't work out how I got better. But he said, I know that after you prayed for me, that's when I got better. So he knew it was Jesus. And so Jesus has superpower. He wants to help us, but he also wants to use us to help other people, to tell them about him. So that's one of the whys for me about why did Jesus come at Christmas? Why? Okay, you see, God says in the Bible, if we believe in Jesus, we will, he will give us the power to become children of God. That's like him. He's the son, son of God. He's a child, and we become like him. And he will give us that power if we believe. So I often think, well, how do we believe? What do we mean by the word believe? Just a minute, I don't want to kick that off the stage. I think of this chair is that a helpful way of thinking, of believing? Now, I can look at that chair and I can think, mm, okay, it should hold me if I sit on it. looks pretty sturdy. What do you reckon, kids? Should it work if I sit on it? But I'm not really believing it sits on it. It can hold me up unless I actually sit on it. Okay, I'm just thinking maybe it will hold me up. But if I sit on it, then I really believe enough to think, okay, it will hold me. And it does. Let's pretend that's Jesus, okay? And I can stand here and think, okay, oh, Christmas, that's a nice story about Jesus coming to earth. It's lots of really good stories in the Bible. But, no, I don't know if I believe it. Nice for some people, they can believe it, but no, no, I don't believe it. Or you can say, okay, I think that Jesus maybe is real, like my nephew did and let us pray for him. I think he might be real. I think he could help me. As soon as you do that, you're believing. And you, it's only when you believe in him that you actually find out he is real. That's how I got to know him, was by believing in him. And then I found out he was real. It wasn't just a story. And I always remember my dad. He was 83. Now, he'd lived his whole life never believing in Jesus. And he would come to church with us sometimes, but he would never believe. And he 
would stand there and watch and think and he'd hear about us talking about God and about Jesus, but he, he said, no, no, I don't believe. And he told us he was an atheist. He said, I don't believe. I just think when we die that that's the end and we go to dust. But one day when he was 83, my sister said to him, Dad, you know, um, Jesus, she, she began to tell him that she said, Jesus is real because I know. I know I've believed in him and he's shown me that he's real. And she managed to encourage him to pray a prayer and to ask Jesus into his life. And he did. And that's when he did something about it. That's really believing, isn't it? When you do something about it. And afterwards he said to my sister, I have never, ever felt peace like this in my life before. And that's because Jesus is real. And the Prince of Peace shows himself when we trust him, when we believe in him. But you can't just stand on the side and do nothing because it doesn't work. You've got to believe. So the other why I look at is why did God send Jesus from heaven? And most of us know that verse. I know the children, we learned it as our verse, didn't we? This last term. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So the why for me there is that he loves us. He loves us so much, he sent Jesus. And the other why there is that so we have eternal life. We can live forever with him, in relationship with him, not cut off from him, connected to the life giver. In Hebrews 2 verse 14, it said, Jesus shared in our humanity. He was born as a child. He became, left heaven, left his kingly position and came and just was a baby like we were vulnerable defenseless depending on everyone else and the reason he came the bible says was that that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death which is the devil he broke the devil's power so as we believe in him that power is broken off our lives and we have eternal life and then i look at that the other why I ask myself is, why did Jesus come? I mean, the Father sent him, but Jesus had to say yes. He had to say, yeah, I'll do it. So what motivated Jesus to come? And for me, I really believe that it was so that we could have the relationship he has with his Father. He knows how precious that relationship is, that he's had for eternity. And his heart's desire was that we could have that same relationship for eternity. And so I just want to watch this video clip, which we might be able to get on, which shows so well about the importance of family. This year for Christmas, what are you hoping to get? A computer. Big, giant Barbie house. A trophy case. Xbox 360. Minecraft Legos. What do you think your mom or dad want for Christmas? My mom would probably want a ring. She's never really had a ring. Jewelry. She loves jewelry. A new TV. My watches. So, you actually did buy an Xbox 360. What in the world? What is this? Okay, you, you really got this for me? A new laptop. Wow. And it's a necklace. 
So we also bought a necklace because you said you also wanted to get a necklace for your mom or your auntie. The catch is that you can either get a gift for yourself huh? or you can pick a gift for your mom and dad. <laughs> I need you to pick one. Now, now before you answer, oh, I bet that's hard. Is that a really hard question? Mm-hmm. What gift do you pick? I choose this. I gotta go with the ring. What gift do you pick? That one. That one. That dress. I'll choose this for my mom. I'll choose this one. It's a really tough question. I'll but give him this. You already know? Tell me why. Because Legos don't matter. Lego, your family matters. Not Legos, not toys, your family. So it's either family or Legos, and I choose family. I get gifts every year from my family, and my mom don't get anything. If I get a laptop, my mom will get something. She helps me when I'm sick. She helps me with my homework. She gave me a house to live in. They look out for me and do stuff for me, so I need to give back to them. Now I, I have the opportunity to give them something. Because you actually picked the gift for your family, you're actually gonna go home with both. Tell me how you're feeling. I'm feeling really happy and Why? thankful. Just happy, thankful. For your family, for what? My family, everything. You did make his decision, actually. And oh he picked the Pandora Charms. Oh, that is... Make me cry. So we've been with you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Powerful, wasn't it? That's powerful. And I think Jesus chose to leave heaven to come to earth because family mattered to him. More than his comfort, more than his own life. He wants us to be part of his family. Every single person on this earth. In Hebrews chapter 2, it tells us how Jesus calls those who receive him, those who believe in him, his brothers and sisters. Children of God, able to have the same relationship with God, his heavenly Father. You see, God wants, so wants relationship with each one of us. But, as we learn in children's church, what keeps him away from us? The things we do that are bad. The things we do that are wrong and hurtful. God is holy. He doesn't have anything bad about him or in him. And so he's longing for a relationship with every single person, but it's the bad things we do that push him away and keep him at a distance. I, we asked the launch age children, which are the year four, five, and six that go across the road the other day, what are some of the bad things that might keep God away, that you're keeping God away from your, that you do that push him away? And they're so honest. I love kids. So honest about what they struggle with. And these are some of the answers they gave. 
jealous. I get jealous. I do mean things to my brothers and sisters. I bully people. So, because so I, I want to be the boss or I want to have my own way. Greedy. And lying. Very real, everyday things that we all struggle with. King David. Now, King David, he's the guy that slayed Goliath, eh? He had the sling. He wrote these words in Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Basically, he was saying, who can get close to God? Who can sit right next to him and have a relationship with him like Jesus does? Then he goes on to answer his own question. Here, he says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, he can come close to the Father, who doesn't lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, which is another word for lying. Jesus can make us holy so that we can sit next to the Father like he does. We can have that close relationship like he does. When we're holy, as Jesus is talking about there, when we're holy... God's spirit can then live in us when we're clean. Like my dad, when he believed in Jesus and asked Jesus, that's when Jesus, the peace of God, came. So he was born of God's spirit. It came in him. When we're clean, when we're holy, God's spirit can come and live in us. And I love it. That's this power that he gives us to live rightly. It's the power to be kind instead of mean. It's the power to tell the truth instead of lies. It's the power to be kind instead of um, bully others, people. And that power lives in us when we believe in Jesus. That is so awesome. And if we just pull on that power every day, we can live a life where those fruits of the Spirit, the Bible talks about fruits, some of the fruits, if we walk with the Spirit and live in the Spirit every day, we can have, we can be loving, we can be joyful, we can be peaceful, we can be kind, we can be gentle, faithful and have self-control. I asked the 8 to 11-year-old kids the other day and I said, we had this sheet and we'd written all the fruits of the Holy Spirit, those ones I just said, and I got them to write next to it when they might need to be patient, when they might need to be kind, when they might need to be um, good. And these are some of the answers they put. So we'll put them up. Here they come. Okay, peace. When you're somewhere quiet because someone's annoying you. Or when siblings aren't annoy you, that's when it's peaceful. Patience. I like some of these. When you're waiting in a queue. When you're waiting for dessert. Waiting with anger is when you need patience. Goodness. Being good when no one is watching. Or when you don't do evil is being good. Gentleness. Not being angry or doing something you shouldn't. That's when the kids felt they needed gentleness, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, to help them. Faithfulness, when you trust and believe, even when somebody is mean to you. And self-control, this is when they needed self-control, is not taking your anger and frustration out on other people. That's when they needed God to help them by the Spirit living in them. 
on when you want to do something bad, but you don't do it. And not being mean and keeping your hands to yourself. Very real answers, aren't they? They were awesome. Well, this, just as we close, um, on Sunday we've been learning all these things lately. Uh, two of the girls in my group in Children's Church asked if they, because they, firstly they said to me, Are you, what's happening on Sunday, at, I mean Christmas Day at church? Is someone just going to stand up there and talk for ages? I said, yes, me. <laughs> anyway, then they said, well, could we, we really, really want to pray for the people in our city. Could we come up and pray? And I said, yes, I'd love you to come up and pray. So I've got to ask those two girls, Evangeline and Bethany, to come up, and they're going to pray for the people in our city. They want the people of these, in our city, is this on, to um, know what Jesus why Jesus came at Christmas, what Christmas is all about. So if you can, the girls are going to pray. Maybe we stand, because we're praying for our city. And they're going to pray for us. Okay, go. Lord, I pray for everyone here today, celebrating your birth, Lord. And I pray for everyone in Whangarei, Lord Jesus, and that they would come to know you, and that they would know the true meaning of Christmas. I pray for families um, who may be going out or may be staying at home through Christmas, Lord, and, again, that they would know that it's not about presents and the fancy food, Lord. It's about you. Amen. Amen. Good girl. Dear Lord, I pray that during this joyful season more people would come to know you and have many spiritual encounters with you. May they come to love your word, also that everyone here today will come to know the true meaning of Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. And lastly, we'll just pray together. Father, we just want to thank you so much for sending Jesus to earth so we could be part of your family. Father, we just thank you. You just long so much to have that close relationship with each one of us that you sent Jesus and you gave up your son. And Jesus, we thank you that you cared enough about that relationship too to give up your life, to give up your comfort and come here and be like us. Father, we ask that you would continue to give us an understanding of your love for us and help us see, Father, what motivated you to send Jesus and help us believe, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.